0: When a teenage gunman shot dead 19 children and two adults at a school in Texas last month, nurse recruiter Prudence Thompson was inundated with emails from the United States.
1: It was pretty sad. Um, Probably within about four hours of us hearing the news, I said to one of my recruiters, I said, here we go. You know, we're going to get some interest from the US. And sure enough, um, we had some GPs, surgeons, nurses, I think a couple of midwives and some physios. Um, And it was just bing, bing, bing. Hi, I'm from the US. They send in their CVs and the recruiters chat to them about their motivation to move here they say they want their kids to go to a school where they don't have active uh, shooting drills and they don't have gun detectors on the door. And I said, well, we would love to have you in New Zealand. Um, Mm. You know, New Zealand's not paradise and we do have trouble in spots, but on the whole it's a, a lot safer. If they make it here, they get the Kiwi welcome. A peanut slab and a pack of minties and some, you know, two-minute noodles or whatever they need to start the next first couple of days in their Airbnb and make sure that they're comfortable. But Prudence says about 75% of those who made
0: contact after the Texas shooting did not follow through. They've decided to stay at home, or maybe they've got a better offer from countries equally or even more desperate for nurses
1: statistics predict 500,000 nurses will quit this year, leaving U.S. hospitals potentially short more than a million nurses.
0: An estimate of 62,000 nurses needed by 2030 in South Africa. The nursing staff at a breaking point. They come in here and it's war. There's not a bed shortage, there's a nursing shortage.
1: I've seen a turnover in nurses I never would have thought would have turned over because I can't take it no more.
0: The International Council of Nurses says up to 13 million nurses will be needed to fill the global nursing shortage in the future in Aotearoa it's come to this.
2: Nurses at Wellington Hospital are calling for planned care including cancer surgeries to be put on hold because they're so short-staffed.
0: I'm Sharon Brett Kelly today on the detailed the race to lure nurses from offshore, what it takes to get them here and why nursing leaders here say plugging the gaps like this is not the answer. So,
1: back to Prudence Thompson, founder of Accent Health Recruitment. The last year has been quite phenomenal. I've probably brought in about 250 nurses from overseas, from a variety of countries, um, mainly comparable health systems, so UK, Singapore, US, Canada, South Africa, etc.
0: I've got a figure here uh, that up to half of the nurses in aged care are from overseas and around 30% generally? Yes, that's, that's,
1: that's its It is high. And look, from statistics from the New Zealand Medical Council, 62% of our doctors have trained overseas. So we do rely on an overseas workforce. Um, I know that in aged care there's a very high percentage of Filipino nurses um, and... I think within theatres they work exceptionally well as well. So, what do you make of what's going on at the moment? I mean, I think the latest
0: news is that nurses in Wellington are asking for cancer treatment to be stopped because they're just so understaffed. Now
2: staff across eight wards are saying that due to high vacancies and COVID they are so short staffed that it's unsafe. They're calling for planned care
1: to be put on hold for two weeks including cancer surgery. It's no different to any sector, whether it's rehab, palliative care, oncology, acute services within emergency or mental health. There is a great demand of nurses. We are trying to bring nurses in reasonably quickly. Um, Recently, the Nurses' Council have made uh, some significant changes to their nurses' registration, which I think will be to the betterment of nursing numbers coming to New Zealand. For example, Singapore nurses no longer have to do the English language test.
0: So how does your recruitment work? Do you actively go offshore and recruit or do you have nurses approaching you from overseas?
1: Yeah, we do. We go actively over I go to Singapore in four weeks' time, and I've got about 200 nurses that i am be interviewing over a period of a few days, presenting a seminar, teaching them a little bit about the culture in New Zealand, the relocation, the registration, and the immigration process to come across. We also run monthly webinars, which obviously, with the pandemic, the last two and a bit years, we haven't been travelling. So I'm pretty, pretty excited to be going to Singapore in a couple of weeks to meet these nurses, a lot of whom we've pre-screened and also a lot have been to New Zealand so they understand where they're coming to which is great. Um, we also prior to the last two years went to the UK, uh, the US and the Netherlands and did a lot of recruitment over there as well. So going to Singapore I
0: mean how have you got to this point where you're, where you're actually going there
1: to interview them? We've been marketing can consistently the last two years saying the borders open we've never we had 100% success getting nurses into MIQ 100% success with all visas coming to New Zealand we have got a fabulous database and through word of mouth social media and active advertising we've attracted a lot of nurses to come to this seminar and to come to the interviews and we'll be screening them during the final touches on their preparation before they're ready to come to New Zealand. That's interesting what you're saying, that you've had 100% success
0: in recruiting the nurses but also bringing them into MIQ because that's not what we're really hearing, is it?
1: Well, frustrated New Zealand nurses say they want to come back home to work but it's too hard to get back, even with special spots in MIQ. It hasn't been easy, Sharon, but we've been really pushing to get people through the border, get their visas. You know, they take... During uh, the pandemic, the visas were taking five or six days to get a visa. Now it takes about 15 to 20 days. So there obviously is a bit more of a bottleneck now. So from the time that
0: you go looking for a nurse to them actually getting into the country and starting their job, generally, how long does that take?
1: Well, if the nurse is already registered with the New Zealand Nurses Council, our turnaround to get them into the country can be 21 days. Oh, that's short. It is really short. Now, they have to have sold their house, rehomed their pets you know, being prepared to say goodbye to family and um, you know their jobs in the UK or Singapore or the US or whatever so they have to be quite mobile but 21 days is quite a reasonable turnaround to get someone from interview to start Um, we do generally say about 12 weeks so they go through the interview process, have time to get their visas, resettle in New Zealand because resettlement is so so important to make them happy you know, recruitment's one thing but retention equally as important. Do you find them a home or or is that all their own responsibility? We do, yes that's quite the fun part, you know we know Airbnb very well (laughs) so, um, you know, we resettle them we send them groceries, we make sure they've got a friend in and outside work, help them with a tax number bank account, buy a bike, go shopping send them groceries for their first week we really do look after them because, you know, it's, it's a big challenge, you're ticking off you know, seven of the top 10 stresses, and even people get married before they come over, you know, because that obviously suits them in their home country. So that's another stress to add to the list. That sounds like a very
0: costly and involved process. I mean, how much does it cost to, say,
1: recruit one nurse and get them settled in New Zealand? The cost to the employer is a percentage of the salary, and that's agreed with the district health boards or the employer. And, well, it works for us, I guess. I've never really costed how much I spend on each nurse. But, you know, some people are completely independent and they have their own family and they don't need extra care. Um, we had a midwife recently arrive into Auckland and she booked her own accommodation, which was her choice, which ended up being fake. So we, over the weekend, found somewhere for her to stay, found booked her into a hotel, made sure she had groceries. So, you know, you can't go to work if you haven't got food, bank account, tax number and somewhere to stay. So, you know, we organised quite a holistic experience for them. Yeah, and that that's all charged back to the DHB? Well, we have a set agreement with the DHB, um, but we do go... beyond beyond the call of duty. And, you know, we really care. I'm an ex-nurse, as is my mother and grandmother. So I really want to, you know, I miss nursing. I miss looking after people.
0: The trouble is different DHBs do different deals. And Prudence reckons only half of the nurses get their flights paid for. That makes it difficult to compete internationally. So a huge investment of time and money into that recruitment. But what is the what what's is stopping them from coming here, and then in six months or so they take off to Australia, where the we hear that the paying conditions are so much better.
1: We screen very 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 carefully to see the nurses' motivation to come to New Zealand. You know what research they've done, what their um, stickability is, their motivation, and we make sure. You know if they start asking questions about. Things that are not available in New Zealand, we cut them pretty quickly. So by the time the nurse has got to the interview stage with the employer, it's gone past one of our recruiters, they're are pretty dedicated to New Zealand. And yes, people do um, use New Zealand as a stepping stone to Australia, but not as frequently as we see. So they sign an initial 12-month contract? Yes, well, it would be a general employment contract that it wouldn't bind them in. Um, if they were offered flights, obviously they'd be um, asked to repay them on a pro rata basis. But, um, it, you know, you know that anything can happen. As I say, you could you know, have a child win the lottery or whatever and you could change your mind. But with all intentions and you're a happy employee, people do tend to stay in New Zealand. Getting back to the US... You had a surge of
0: interest from nurses there because that's sort of an impulse thing. Yes. How many of those would fo- actually follow, follow through? Yeah.
1: Um, follow through is probably twenty five percent in the first twelve months. Um, it's interesting. There is a bit of a knee jerk reaction, um, especially you know with after flooding or after a natural disaster or a terrorist attack that in a, or anything that happens in a particular country. There is a knee jerk reaction. Um, but we look. We keep in touch with these people. We um, touch base with them every month and say, look, are you still considering? They said, oh, you know, something's happened in my country, so I'll just keep on hold. But it's always a good marketing exercise and um, shows that we've got interest in the future. How much interest is there from nurses to come to New Zealand? Because,
0: you know, we we know that there is a, a global crisis in nursing at the moment yes. so how hard is it to
1: get them in and fill all those all those gaps in New Zealand it is hard we've <coughs> never been so busy um, in the last 25 years I've been recruiting it's um, we've taken on more recruitment. People, but it is really busy, and I do feel the pressure personally to find more staff all the time in palliative care and oncology, and emergency and mental health, acute and elective surgeries. It's, there is a lot of pressure. It's, it's the same worldwide, though. It's the same in Australia.
0: Australia's new Prime Minister has already said he wants many more health staff, and now New South Wales has announced an unprecedented $4.5 billion package to recruit more than 10,000 doctors, nurses and other health staff.
1: I'd like to see more initiatives. I think with Healthcare NZ it's going to be seen as really, really positive, um, and there'll be a more collaborative approach towards recruitment, which would be fabulous. What kind of initiatives would you like to see? I just think some um, some similar processes throughout each district health board, because at present, if I had a nurse who wanted to work in either Wellington or Auckland and wanted to interview in Wellington and Auckland, we'd proceed to do two interviews. If we could have the same recruitment process, the same application forms, the same references be used, that would save a lot of manpower, um, I know with the NHS in the UK, they have a um, a collaborative response or collaborative database, and I think that would be fabulous to look at. Um, And some recruitment drives, um, some minimum service level agreements across the board, which would be great. So each DHB knows that each agency is going to complete a certain amount of tasks prior to starting of a nurse. But as you
0: say, you know, Australia is pouring millions, billions into the recruitment process. I also read that something similar is happening in Canada. Oh, yes, it's spending $65 Canadian dollars on a two-year campaign to recruit and train foreign nurses. I mean, our
1: spend is is nowhere near that, is it? No. Look, I don't know what the spend is, but I'd like to see all district health boards at least pay... You know, flight and four weeks accommodation, that would be, you know, ideal. How does that match up with what other countries are doing? Uh, it's, it's not as lucrative, you know, from a salary and incentive point of view. But you're working in New Zealand and, you know, probably nine and a half people out of ten, their motivation to come to New Zealand is the people and the lifestyle. I don't think I've ever had one nurse, or if they have, I haven't recruited them who said they want to come to earn a lot of money. Right. So they will go to the Middle East, you know. Um, they want to come for the lifestyle.
0: What do you think's going to happen here? I mean, I was with a, a group of friends last night, and one of them talked about her friend who's a GP saying that the system is on the verge of collapse. There's, there's shortages all over the place. How do
1: you see it? Well, I would love to see more nurses training and trained in New Zealand, more medical professionals. But of course, we need the senior academic nurses and the support systems in place to train nurses out on general practice, um, out on their practicals. You know, I've been recruiting for 25 years and there's always been... You know, highs and lows of peaks and demands. You know, there were periods where we didn't need so many ICU nurses. Now, of course, we do. We need more mental health nurses at present and orthopaedic. We actually need everything. But there is periods where it does slow down and there's less recruitment from offshore But I would like to see more people go into nursing as a profession um, and train up some more New Zealand nurses. Well, New Zealand has the
0: highest level of reliance on IQNs or internationally qualified nurses in the OECD. And that's a problem, says Anne Daniels, president of the Nurses' Organisation. But she also admits she's part of the problem.
2: I actually work seven days a week. I work in my job as president and then on my weekends and public holidays, and sometimes in the evenings, I go to work too. So to be honest, I'm part of the problem because I'm putting my finger on the dike like, like a lot of my colleagues. We go to actually support our colleagues because we know how desperate things are. We're all trying to do the best, but it's not good enough. We actually have to stop this and um, create innovative change. So yeah, I'm part of the problem by helping out. We are very grateful that IQNs have wanted to come into this country. But that has become, at the same time, a solution and a problem. We have relied on them far too heavily. And it's, it's basically been a situation where we've got those nurses, so why should we worry? And now we know why we should worry. We haven't grown our own. If we don't... Those IQNs aren't going to fill the gaps and we are going to be in more of a crisis than we ever have been. But is there something wrong
0: with the education process as well? I mean, most ways of getting a nursing qualification now are through a three-year degree. Is that right, at university?
2: That is correct. Or if you are an enrolled nurse, um, you do it through the tech Institutes over an 18-month course. Should there be
0: another option for young people who want to train to be nurses?
2: There's several answers to that question. There is a move towards what we call staircasing, where um, enrolled nurses can st- use their experience and skills that they develop to move through to becoming a registered nurse and then a nurse specialist. But I think that that staircasing needs to start um, right in the community um, because there are a lot of uh, people who would like to go into nursing, but they have got families, they need to pay their bills um, and they can't see themselves taking on huge debt. So I feel that the staircasing needs to start at um, the community level where people can have a look at what nursing might mean, have an apprenticeship style to move from maybe a six week to three month course to doing a year's course to become a healthcare assistant, then an enrolled nurse, then a registered nurse. And I think that that needs to be funded as well. There's a lot of people who feel that we have gone. The pendulum has gone too far from apprenticeship through to an academic style uh, of education. Mm. So I think that there is a middle road there. The placement time that students now have is too too little. The courses are absolutely wonderful. It's certainly challenged nursing students to be critical thinkers to ask questions, to not just accept the knowledge um, that they are given without question, which was the way we were trained, but they need more time mentored and precepted on the floor. And that's one of the reasons why I believe that the older nurses, if we can create an environment where they will stay, be paid, um, be safe, they can give back to the students and the IQNs that are coming through.
0: And so what you're saying is that these senior nurses, instead of leaving the profession because they're just finding it too tough, the the rosters, the overnight shifts, that and kind of thing.
2: due for retirement.
0: Yeah, that they should be used in other areas where their expertise is, is so important.
2: Yeah, I would like to see... The government, the education providers, the nursing council and nurse employers come together and actually create an environment where these nurses, if we were able to actually get them into a situation where all they needed to do was actually work with another nurse who was doing the work teach them, mentor them and be their sounding board and help them in any of the issues they might be having, like cultural issues or family issues or things like that, Mm. then I think that we would be able to create a really safe place, not only for those older nurses and make it attractive for them to stay in um, work um, part-time, but also Support the students and the IQNs coming into practice. What about a system where
0: the nurses would be taken on at a hospital or a practice and, you know, if they committed to an amount of time, then parts of their student fees would be paid off?
2: I'm going to confess, I I used to be a fan of the strategy But I now know that not all employers are equal. There are employers out there that do not provide a safe work environment for the students and the IQNs. But I now believe in terms of the rights of a person to choose that actually bonding them, bonding students and um, IQNs like that is actually infringing on their human rights. If we were to go forward with a bonding system, it would need to be um, done in a way where a nurse could step out from that. And that's one of the problems with bonding. It's a bit like a big stick. You know, if mm. you, you don't see out your contract, you're you're going to be in trouble. At the end of the day, we do need to have our own homegrown. New Zealand nurses who do understand the context, who do understand the people who are living in their communities and who are able to integrate Te Tiriti, O Waitangi and the cultural safety into their practice well and truly.
0: Meanwhile, recruiter Prudence Thompson has been recruiting 250 nurses a
1: year and won't be out of a job anytime soon. It has increased significantly from last year, so... I suspect, with an ageing population, with um, you know f- pharmacology and technology, and you know, patients staying alive longer than they used to stay alive, we're going to continue to need more medical staff, especially rehabilitation. I think um, that's a really important part of the nursing process. Rehab for physios and OTs, social workers and psychologists. Um, I think they're going to be needed more in the future because people are going to stay alive longer and be you know be more well and be rehabilitated and we need those support services wrapped around them.
0: That's it for today. I'm Sharon Brett-Kelly. The detail is public interest journalism funded through NZ On Air and produced by Newsroom 4RNZ. You can download us free to your mobile device every weekday from any podcast platform. Today's episode was engineered by Rangi Poik and produced by Sarah Robson and Bonnie Harrison. And thanks to Prudence Thompson and Ann Daniels. Ka kite anō.